You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. This episode of This Glorious Mess is brought to you by the new Honda CRV, where the joy is in the detail. This Glorious Mess. Little kids, like me. Hey. Hi. How are you today? I'm good, Tegan Natoli, with three children under <laughs> four. Yeah, well, they're three and three and two now. Yeah. yeah. So under four. What I'd like to tell you today, just yes. a little bit of information for your knowledge, is that I like to secretly add salt to my kids' dinners. I loved when I saw that in the script because I give, I put salt on Alexander's food. Okay. I won't eat it. Oh, great. Okay, that makes me feel much what better. a huge amount. And it is the pink Himalayan salt. Yes, but also that's <laughs> there's no difference between that and Saxon. Okay, I don't want to know. Okay. And who um, are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm Lee Campbell and I look like I'm kidnapping my own child and I try and get him into the car seat. When we walk anywhere near the car now, he goes, no, 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 and runs. Why? Hates getting in the car. Even though we've said, this is how we get to go to places we like and see people we love. No. He just doesn't like the car. Oh, my kids love a car because they always have a nap. Does he sleep in the car? No, he screams at the top of his lungs. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, (laughs) on that note. Well, this is This Glorious Mess, Little Kids, and we have a great episode coming up for you today talking about the big change of going from preschool to big school. So while they're going from small classrooms to big, big entire schools, they have uniforms that they have to put on every day and they might upgrade from just a few days a week to five days a week. The transition feels like it happens overnight. It happened a week or so ago, I guess, for everyone that was going back to school. Like a lot yes. of my friends, their kids were starting kindy or I guess it's it's different in each state to what it's called, but they're starting school essentially. And oh my goodness, the photos were uh, Yes, so and I feel like cute. every morning I'd wake up and scroll through Instagram. I'm like, oh, starting kitty, starting year one I or new know. class, new uniforms. It's really nice. It terrifies me that that's just around the corner. I know. And I think it does fly. Like I actually said to my husband this morning, do you know that the twins start school like not next year, but the year after? Yeah, it'll be one minute. You'll blink. Oh, I'm secretly excited, but also don't want to wish it away. But anyway, we're going to bring in an expert to talk. Talk us through how we can best settle our kids into primary school. And I think we might need a little bit of advice for parents, you know, because yes. we I think it's harder for mums and dads no, and me, parents. I'm a planner. I'm already thinking about it. Oh, my it. gosh. It's a, it's a hard one. And also our WTF of the week. But first, we need to answer our listener's dilemma. Now it's time for listener dilemmas. So, as always, because Tegan and I are parenting experts, we are answering a listener dilemma. This one this week went off in the Facebook group. (laughs) There was over 200 votes and it really got me thinking. So, Christy asked, settle a disagreement between my husband and I, please. Where does the child's chalkboard, the one on legs, live? This is so great. Yeah. And then she said, inside or outside. And I was immediately like, well, they're not waterproof. Like particularly chalk, if you're going to leave the chalkboard out, you'll have chalk there and they're not waterproof. So it in, lives inside. But then oh. I don't I don't have a chalkboard yet. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't want a chalkboard in my house. I guess it could go on our little balcony. But, yeah, they're not waterproof. So by default, inside, right? 
oh my gosh, of course we have opposite answers. Mm. I straight away was like, oh my gosh, the mess outside. But yes, it would have to be undercover. And yes, I was actually thinking, I'm like, the mildew overnight would <laughs> not really help any chalk activities of the morning. But no. mate, I even make my kids eat muffins on the veranda. So I'm like, <laughs> the chalkboard is outside only in my house. Yeah. Do you have a chalkboard? No, no. I actually wouldn't even get one for that exact for reason. For that reason. Yeah. I would, I made I'd maybe think, get the ooh. markers, the whiteboard one. Yeah, whiteboard, which would obviously live inside. Yeah. So then what's really the difference? That's fine. And then you get markers on your wall and on your windows oh. and on your couch. Okay. So in the group, it was voted outside 160 votes and inside 80 votes. Yeah. So, you know, the So they spoke. were all mums with chalkboards that said outside <laughs> and all the ones without chalkboards said inside. Look, I need to upgrade to a house that has an outside. I've got a <laughs> tiny balcony and then I'll leave everything out there. If you've got a parenting dilemma, Tegan and I obviously know everything. So call us on the pod phone 028999386 and leave a message or email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au and we'll answer it. And by everything, she meant everything about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back in a moment, but first a message from today's sponsor. So, Lee, I saw the other day on your Instagram that you were driving around a little spiffy new car. Oh, my gosh. It was such a good time. So, it's the Honda CRV. They lent it to me for quite a few weeks and I got to drive it around like I was fancy. <laughs> but you know what I noticed, which I got really jealous about? The door opens fully. Yes. Okay. So, I never knew this was a thing until I did it. So, it's like a 90 degree open. So, you know how yes. your regular door opens less than that so it opens completely wide up so if you're trying to get your child especially with baby seats in the car yes you basically have to squeeze your child out the door gap yes if you've got luggage if you're trying to move any sort of pieces of furniture this door opens so wide but that's not the only good thing there's also a whole bunch of safety technologies that they've put in there that you wouldn't even really notice but they're so helpful so if you're changing lanes it's called the lane keeping assist system Mm. so that when you indicate to change lanes the lane shows up on your camera. So it's almost like that reverse camera, but it's when you're changing to go left. So you don't... So you do, you like basically a, don't even have to drive it. Well, yeah, it drives <laughs> itself. No, but it shows you the blind spot, which is amazing. Oh, that's helpful. Of course, it comes with ISOFIX, so you've got your car seats covered. You Easy. pop them in and your kids can sit in there. And it's got a five-star NCAP safety rating, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's like the safest, safest, safest you can get. For the fam. Awesome. Heaps of cup holders too. I just wanted to throw that in because I <laughs> love a cup holder and Alexander always has a we sippy cup. coffees and, and bottles. A coffee, and so uh, yeah. you've got enough to cover everyone's cup. Check out the new CRV at your local Honda dealer. Although going from preschool to big school happens literally overnight, it can take weeks for our kids to adjust to school. They have to adjust to a whole new routine, new people, new environment, and understandably it can be really overwhelming. That's why today we've brought in an expert, Jay Fraser. Jay has had over 20 years of experience as an educator, creating the very best environments for children to learn and grow. And he's here to lend us some practical tips about settling our kids into primary school and hopefully for the parents too. So Jay, welcome to the show. So I wanted to start by asking you, obviously the cutoff for little kids starting school varies state to state, but how do you know that your child is school ready? And I guess I mean that more from an emotional standpoint than an academic standpoint. Yeah, look, having the the state starting school age vary state to state certainly doesn't make it any easier for families. But I think you're right that families need to focus on the social emotional 
point or the, the aspect rather than the educational point. You know, it's it's so important that uh, children know how to interact with others. They know how to basic things like sharing and, you know, having ownership of their own possessions and things like that. So, you know, look, it's really, it's not rocket science. And there's so much research and statistics out there that tells you all the developmental milestones that children really should have for them to be school ready. But every single child is going to be so different, subject to so many things in their world, you know, whether they've got siblings or whether they're an only child or whatever the situation might be. So, you know, I think that those key things around the child being able to interact with others confidently and clearly, and then being able to share and take part in group experiences and also manage their own possessions are are certainly the key things that, you know, as a teacher, we would be looking for in a child to identify whether they were school ready. And if those kids are already at a daycare or or preschool, is this something that they can discuss with the teachers and the school as to how they are approaching those milestones? Absolutely. So early learning services are in a really key position because we have really strong relationships and interactions with the local schools in the areas that we're in. So we already know and understand what the schools are looking for in their prep or kindergarten age children that are coming in. So we can talk to parents and say, look, the school, subject to what school they're going to, are really looking for these skills or these abilities. And then whatever the parent thinks that the child might be struggling with at home, they can talk to their their kindy teacher and we can certainly put that in part of our program to help them get ready. In saying that, a lot of kids' routines change when they go from daycare or prep or preschool or what it's whatever it is called in wherever they are to starting school. Is it a good idea to increase the number of days of care in the lead up to school since school becomes a five day a week schedule? Yeah, absolutely. That is a really important point. Because if we try and look at what children are experiencing in early learning or in kindergarten, you know, their whole world will change. They're in a secure, really safe environment with with a ratio of one teacher to every 11 children. Typically, they've got three-course meals being prepared for them on site by a chef. You know, they're having rest times. They're all the things that they're used to that's been part of their routine in early learning or childcare. And then when they go to school, they're in this massive big facility in a classroom of, you know, up to 20 or 30 children with only one teacher. And when the bell rings for lunch, they need to go outside and fend for themselves. And, and grab so the it, ham sandwich mum oh made. Oh, God, my, my kids <laughs> are going to exactly be devastated right. when they start school and I'm making uh, their that's lunches. That's one of the biggest challenges for families, isn't it, uh, <laughs> making school lunches. But, you know, and, and it sounds so silly, but parents are so busy in their daily routine that they don't even think that they need to teach their child how to unwrap a sandwich with glad wrap mm. because the reality is it's likely that a child's never needed to do that oh, yet. So, Lee's, um, Lee's about to I'm cry about to thinking cry. about it. I'm just it. thinking about my little son trying to open his sandwich, even though he's only 18 months old. He's only 18 months, yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. But so to your question, yes, absolutely. In the last six months of their kindergarten year, increasing days at childcare or kindy is so critical to get them, their little minds and their bodies ready. And early learning services will do the same. They'll encourage that for families. We will remove or reduce rest times. We'll encourage lunchbox days where we'll say to families, you know, we encourage you to bring a lunchbox today. So we're helping the parents teach the children these skills that they need. It's really And great. also even things like buttoning up the shirt, mm. you know, uh, where we're talking to families only this week where a mum was saying, I, I didn't even think that my son didn't know how to button up a shirt because they just wear T-shirts at kindy or on yes. the weekend. So 
it really little things that you don't think about are important for the child to be confident and ready for school. I wanted to ask about, I guess, where the honeymoon period's over. So they might have started big school and, you know, the first week or two is exciting, but then they're like, oh, is this my life now? And perhaps... <laughs> <laughs> be like a marriage. Perhaps, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perhaps that's when they're... They over- want to get back to kindy. Yeah, perhaps the overwhelm kicks in or they just, you know, the novelty of it is worn off. What's your advice there? Look, I think it's really important that you have really clear dialogue with the teacher, understanding exactly what's happening. The school and the teacher will have pretty in-depth knowledge of your child anyway, because early learning services are regulated in that we have to provide transition statements to schools. So, you know, they've got a pretty good idea on every single child and where the child's at. But I think the most important thing for families is to talk positively and confidently with your child about school and help them be upset about it or help them or allow them to be frustrated and you know your child will say I don't want to go to school anymore it's it's terrible or the kids are mean or because they're going from a routine where it's fairly flexible and and in early learning the program's designed around them individually and at school Monday might be sports uniform Tuesday swimming Wednesday's library visits so they're they're forced into this routine that they've never been used to before so it will be frightening it will be overwhelming for them but you know I think what we need to do is just allow children to be emotional about it and, and, and encourage them to use words to describe their feelings. So I'm a bit scared or, you know, I, I don't know what to do or I need help with this. I think that's really important. If, and if parents remain excited and positive about it, the child will just naturally evolve into the new routine and, and hopefully get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point because it's almost like we send them to school expecting them to know what they're meant to do. Mm. And yes. so I suppose creating a, a safe space for them to, to say that, you know, they don't know what they're doing and that's fine as well. But you mentioned parents a second ago. I have a few friends, like my niece started school just a, a few weeks ago and I think my sister-in-law <laughs> was probably more overwhelmed than my niece. I think my niece couldn't wait to get out the door. But my sister-in-law, on the other hand, was, you know, beside herself. So what can parents do if they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed of their little kids leaving the nest, so to speak? We've said that for years. I remember I've been a school teacher and a kindergarten teacher and the biggest struggle for the first few weeks of school is not the children, it's the parents. (laughs) I'm sure you suss out the dynamics pretty quickly as well. (laughs) What type of parents you're dealing with? Absolutely. And, and you know, it is it is a really big thing for families, especially if, if they've got multiple children. It's the last child starting school. It's almost like, you know, what do they do now? This sense of emptiness, essentially. And so, you know, teachers understand that. But I think for families, it's really important for the parent to establish a really strong routine. And, you know, good attendance pattern with a child. Don't get caught up in what we were talking about before around that emotional piece where the child cries and says, I don't want to go to school or I'm scared or whatever it might be. We really have to encourage that attendance pattern to build their confidence. But for families and parents to to feel comfortable is if they can, if their work allows, attend school events like sports carnivals and book week or, you know, the morning teas that the teachers might put on. It's a really good way for them to feel supported but also get to know the other parents and the teachers and also get to know the other little people that your child might be talking about. You know, I sit next to Tommy in class and and then once you've got a face to Tommy's name and then you meet Tommy's mum, all of those relationships help the families become a little bit more comfortable with this massive change that they're just going through. 
I really like that as an anxious parent who with an 18-month-old is already <laughs> planning for this stage. <laughs> I wanted to ask about school drop-offs because I think that's where a lot of the anxiety is for both the parents and the kids. Is there a best approach? I guess it's obviously individual depending on the child, but is, you know, short and sharp? Do you hang around? Yeah. How do you How do you drop them off? Yeah, look, years ago, it used to be really tough and, and the teachers used to say, just drop and go, drop and go. And, it, you know, it was a really... It was almost quite an impersonal thing. Uh, And then it kind of changed to be a little bit more inclusive and come and stay and get to know and see the classroom and all those sorts of things. And then this awful thing came called COVID, which kind of changed everyone's world. Uh, And so now, you know, whether parents can come in or not is certainly or, or sometimes not up to them. But look, it really is around that separation anxiety for children, especially those more emotional children. It, it really is important that you, you're confident, you're, you're, um, you're quite powerful and positive around school starting and we're going to drop you off and this is what we're going to do. Explain what's going to happen and then stick to that. Okay. So we're going to drop off, we're going to walk down, we're going to meet your teacher and say hello, find out where your bag goes and sit you down and then I'm off. Mm. And then the child knows exactly what's happening. The minute you step out of that routine, things start to change and that's kind of where the emotion kicks in because the child's kind of think, well, why is mum or dad not doing what they said they were yeah. doing? Yeah, and I guess um, if they can manipulate you to, to hang around, then they'll try that the next day. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. So you're right. Every single child's different, but whatever you plan to do, stick to that plan. I have one more question, and it might sound a bit stupid, but it's been 35 years since I've been in kindergarten. (laughs) What what do they learn in the first year of school, and do they have homework? Yeah, look, every school is going to be different. Homework is, it might be called homework, but it's really, it's more about instilling those confidence skills, those emotional and life skills into the children. So whilst they might come home with a reader, which might be a book, it's not necessarily about learning how to read or learning about the words or understanding all the letters. It's more about that relationship piece and encouraging families to really talk with their child. You know, we've got a home reader, we need to sit down. What happened at school today? Yeah. All those sorts of things. So parents need to to not put so much pressure on themselves around I've got to sit down and do homework with my child. Yeah. That conversation piece and spending time with them asking them how their day went and is th- so much more valuable. I think it's a nice way for parents to engage with what their kids are doing at school as well, you know, and, and say, oh, okay, you're reading this book at school or, you know, just get to know a little bit more about the Curric- what they do curriculum. all day. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, teachers are, you know, teachers obviously know what they're doing. But in the first few weeks, your child is really just connecting with other children. Mm. And we're really looking for children to be able to participate in activities. Uh, and, of course, it's perfectly normal for some children to be quieter and more reserved as they settle into this new world that they've been thrown into. But it's really about relationships, building trust and understanding this new routine that they're needing to learn. So, you know, parents... Parents need to not stress if their child is not writing sentences or understanding grammar. It's really about their, their social emotional development around getting prepared for the next few years. Oh, and that, it'll come naturally. That's really awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jay. It's been really insightful and I feel like I'm ready to send my kids straight off to school. <laughs> You've got two years ahead They're of only you. three. They're only three. Maybe You've I've got, got a, a few years to prepare. You'll be fine. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. What the? What the? What the? What the? Parenting? Oof. Um, Tegan, what the F? 
I try and often do, well, everyone knows I love a Woolworths delivery. Yes. And then oh there's God. the odd time that I'll need to pop in because I've forgotten you run something. Out of stuff. Because <laughs> I've got baby brain two years later. Well, no, also three toddlers eat a lot. You would run out. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just, it's never ending. And on the real desperate occasion, I take all three children to Woolworths. With Into me. a supermarket? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I have to be sure to find the trolley with the two toddler seats. Yeah. So I put the twins in there and then Banjo stands in the trolley. <laughs> We are an absolute oh, like spectacle. a redneck on the back of a yeah, ute. It's, it, yes, I am the redneck in Double Bay Woolworths with these wild. And children. I must say to the to the staff at Double Bay Woolworths, you're always so lovely and helpful. Looking at me, do you me. use the free fruit as a distraction? You know always. how you get a free. Yeah. We walk. Alexander just goes nah nah straight yeah, away. We walk in. I'm like. Banana or apple, we do yes. want shush, shush, but then, of course, they always want whatever I'm putting in the trolley also. Anyway, that's not my point. We did really well. We just did a quick little speedy run around. I kept shoving food in their mouth the whole time. And at the checkout, Banjo had a complete meltdown. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I got him out of the whole trolley. because did he I, run away? I obviously need to put in the, 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 the groceries that belong in the trolley. Yes, he did run away. <laughs> he ran away up the escalators. <gasps> So I've left the man at the checkout with the twins sitting in the trolley. I've run up the escalators the wrong way chasing after my third toddler and I brought him back and he is screaming. So I'm like one of the twins had to get out of the seat and I'm wrestling him like Alexander getting into the car yes. to go into the seat and everyone's looking at oh, me. No. They're going, why the hell would you bring three toddlers to Woolworths? But you know what? The checkout guy was so lovely. He's like, it's fine. Would they like a sticker? Would they like this? That was so lovely. And but you're anyway, like, stickers ain't going to cut it. And now you can starve. My clothes can be dirty. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> I don't care what I need. It's no. not They can just have enough. water until the next delivery uh, comes. No more. No more. Well, my WTF was very sad and you'll be, you'll think it's I'm going to laugh at this. I can already tell. We went to the paediatrician last week. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we should make a reel of every time that Lee has said uh, paediatrician uh, across right? the years. So, and to explain to people why, because oftentimes on Instagram, people say, why do you see a paediatrician? We see him. It's developmental. So you go at the start when they're weeks old quite frequently and then it, you go so often to check the language. Yeah, see, so, uh, you're the only person I know that does see, that. See, everyone I know does it. That's so funny. I think I went for the initially, because I went private for my birth, so I went yes. for the six-week checkup. Yes. And then that That's was That's where it. we started, although I didn't like my oh, paediatrician. And then a one year, I was maybe assigned. a one-year checkup? I don't know. Yeah, well, I was assigned one in hospital, but I didn't like him, so I found a different okay. paediatrician. But Does the paediatrician ask you to come back at these points? Correct. So he was, right. So what happened is, because we needed a specific paediatrician quite early on because he had kidney problems when he was three weeks old. Yep. So that's why we saw him quite frequently at the start. But then that issue resolved. Anyway, we saw him a little bit late just the other week for our 18-month checkup plus checking on his iron. Yep. And he checked his iron. Iron's all great, so we're going to keep going with that protocol. But then he was like, okay, so we're done. And I was like, okay, see you next time. And he's like, no. Forever. We're done. I, we're healthy children at 18 months don't oh. need to come back. I only see children older if there's issues. And I was like, doctor, uh, his name, no. And he was like, I, I, you, can, you can come back if you want, but it's expensive. <laughs> 
and he was like, well, you better have another baby. And I was like, I know. Oh, my God, I'm going to miss you so much. Oh. And I was like really emotional because he was so like, I'd be like, I read as an anxious mom, I read this on a blog yes. and I read I should be doing this. And he'd be yeah. like, that's stupid. Don't be silly. And you're right. I think for anxious moms, you know, it's such reassurance for all your questions and, yeah. and for and anything just, you might be going through. It my personality type. Yeah. You know, he would say, how many words is he saying? What's he doing this? I yeah. want to see him walk from here to there and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, wow, we graduated. I know. I thought of you. So I'll no more. I love that you think of me when you go to the pediatrician. You'd be like, Tegan would be laughing at me. No more pediatrician talk from me. No, I love it. You're very thorough. I wish I could be more like you, actually. Thank you. Well, I'm ready for my kids to start school now. Can they start now or is it too early? (laughs) Send them. (laughs) But hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode as well. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your pods. And we love hearing from you. So, of course, send us an email at tgm at mamamia.com.au and feel free to leave your parenting dilemmas on the pod phone at 028999386. If you love our podcast and love listening to the beautiful Lee, she does have a very... (laughs) sexy voice in particular you can hear her on you beauty have a listen this glorious mess is brought to you by mamma mia and this episode is produced by michaela floriano bye this episode of this glorious mess was brought to you by the new honda crv where the joy is in the detail Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.